Hello and welcome to Dear Brown Girls. My name is Iza. And I'm Dia. And grab a cup of chai and join us for a conversation about all the things that aunties don't want us talking about. Um, so we're going to be talking about body image in the South Asian culture, because if there's another universal experience that all brown girls can agree on, it's having some random auntie, uncle, whether they're actually related to you or not, coming up to you and either commenting or giving unsolicited advice on your body, uh, whether it's the fact that you're too skinny or you're not skinny enough or not fair enough or too much acne on your face, whatever, whatever. So um, we've all had that experience. And I mean, obviously, it's incredibly demoralizing. I don't think anyone, we even have to explain why that's such a terrible thing to do. But it's something that as like, I guess, like living in the Western culture, it's not as acceptable to do that. And like, I guess, like white people culture or Western culture to just go up to someone and like point out everything that's wrong in your head about their body. But it's something that we do really easily in the South Asian culture for some reason. And under it's often it's under this like pretense of like caring about the other person. So it's obviously very toxic. And Dia and I were hoping to kind of talk about this for a while and then we got a message from one of our listeners her name is trish and she runs sherney london uh, which is a bridal boutique in the uk what makes sherney london special is that uh, trish took the initiative to really make sure that people of all sizes feel welcome um, and enjoy their bridal experience which is something that unfortunately is not something that our culture tries to do universally quite yet. Um, so welcome, Trish. Hi. Hi, Dia. Hi, Issa. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so, so happy to be here with you guys. Not with you guys, but... <laughs> I just think it's so cool, Dia. Like, do you think it's like... Don't you feel super cool? Like, we have a listener from the UK here. We're like international now. <laughs> you guys are international. <laughs> so tell us about Sherney London, Trish. Um, so Shoney London, I started a few years ago, so about six years ago. It started quite simply. It was, you know, just the standard suits, unstitched suits and Indian clothes and things like that. Um, and over the years, it evolved into um, to a safe space for women um, of all sizes, ages and backgrounds to create a perfect bridal and occasion wear in a private, inclusive, non-judgmental environment. Because what I found was particularly when I was looking for my own bridal wear is that I couldn't find anything, any sample sizes in my size, which is a UK 14, which is the standard UK average women's size, but all the sizes were at least an eight to 10. And I was told things like, well, the shop girls can try it on for you and things like that. And I felt so anxious and so demoralized when I was shopping and I thought, this can't be normal. This can't be the way that we're shopping for our bridal wear because shopping for your bridal outfit should be exciting and it should be something that you enjoy and you look forward to, not something that you're feeling anxiety about. So what I wanted to do was cre create that safe space for women to come and try on their outfits. We have sample sizes that start in a 14 and they can just be here in a private environment and, you know, feel comfortable and feel like they've been looked after and they have that luxury experience that they definitely will miss out on in you know 
some of our other larger shops in the Asian <laughs> in the Asian community, I guess. I feel personally like the like there's so much magic and there's so much like specialness in like they see clothes, especially like I think for the diaspora. Like we when we put them on, it just feels like oh, like this just fits me. This looks beautiful on me. So I feel like lots of women have a really special relationship with daisy clothes. And like, it makes me sad that like a lot of that relationship can often be tarnished for women of different sizes just because we're not like carrying those sizes for them or like they're getting shamed for, you know, things looking tight on them, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's such a huge connection to our culture. And when, you know, when you feel like these things are not made for you, it feels like, oh, like, there's another way that I don't belong. There's another way that I don't belong. So I was just wondering, like, how do you feel personally, like, about your relationship to Daisy Clothes and how they change now that you have, you know, that you're, like, doing these for other people, but also yourself are, like, wearing these clothes that are made for you? Yeah, I think that we have such an amazing, like you said, we have amazing options in terms of outfits, choices that we have, things that go, you know, we can do Indo-Western fusion outfits as well, which are amazing. And, you know, there's so much out there, but the only images that we're seeing in, in social media and on the internet or and in magazines, I guess, are women who are slim, fair, tall, and they just, it's one type. So it, it can definitely make you feel like you don't really belong in this space, even though this is part of your identity. You know, I am Asian, I'm a woman, and I I love dressing up in these clothes. This is my tradition, this is my culture, but I'm not, I'm told I'm not going to look good in these clothes, which is demoralizing. And I think that we should be able to find different options which suit all body types. Because I think a lot of the time we have things like really tiny blouses, mm-hmm. you know, that just like very low cut, you know, sleeveless and really short cropped blouses and skirts, which obviously are not going to suit every body type. So we need to find something that's going to suit everybody, different options, different styles and things like that. So I definitely have an appreciation now of, of how we can style things differently. To how it was before so like years ago when I was younger I used to think there was only one way of doing things because that's all I used to see mm-hmm. um, and that's all anyone used to see um, like I was saying the short crop tops short blouses and things like that you would think that's the only way you can do it but now I think the way I look at it has changed a lot and I bring in a lot of western influences as well in terms of plus size and how we style women so you know the like jacket styles and things like that with a eastern touch I guess (laughs) yeah so I think it's just it's just finding different styles that suit people in different ways to what we're used to seeing it's so funny because my mom like I joke about this with Dia all the time my mom's one goal in life is to get me married that's all she cares about bless her heart it's literally all she cares about so if you go through our Instagram conversations it's just her sending me clip after clip after clip after clip of like bridal wear even though I spent so much time, not by choice, but by <laughs> my mother sending me these images, I never actively thought about what I was looking at. And you're absolutely right. They're very like petite, small, fair girls with very like fit forming outfits. Um, and they're all beautiful, but you're, I'm thinking back and I don't think my mom's ever sent me a video or a picture of a, gr- a plus sized woman in a bridal outfit. They're all just like very young, very petite girls with a very like specific kind of look. 
and even this is someone that like tries to be woke and aware about these things I it didn't even I didn't it didn't even register what I was looking at because it's just like yeah this is just what a bride looks like I think South Asian culture can be vicious about looks to start but then you throw the extra element of being a bride in and it's a whole other level of judgment because we have very strict standards of what a bride looks like um, and what makes her beautiful on her day and because again a South Asian culture like the focus for a lot of women still is getting married it's supposed to be such a huge day like almost like a pivotal day in your life and it's so unfortunate that women are left feeling like they can't be beautiful or celebrate themselves on that day it's horrible like I get a lot of brides that say to me they're on crash diets before their weddings as well because they they feel like they have to fit into this standard and they even you know some of them even refuse to have their clothes altered to fit them because they say no I'm going to lose weight I'm going to I'm I'm going to go on this crash diet so it's going to fit me by the wedding time and I'm just thinking you know you're going to be miserable and I, I say that to anyone that comes to me about any kind of advice to do with weddings if they're getting ready for their wedding don't go on a crash diet just be you be happy eat healthy like be happy in yourself because you know when you're dieting you're not eating you're moody it's gonna affect you and on top of that you're planning a wedding yeah you're planning a (laughs) wedding you have all of this wedding stress and you know they have that whole there's a whole bridezilla thing Mm -hmm. so it's a it's true because everything gets so stressful you don't mean to but you can become more moody than you would normally be add to that the fact that you're eating like 500 calories a day <laughs> it's it's not good for anyone it's definitely not good for you so it's a subconscious thing as well like you said you don't even realize that you the images that you're seeing are thin tall you know fair women in these outfits you don't even realize it and it's only when we see a plus size model then we go oh oh yeah, she's plus size. It doesn't actually, you know, register in your brain like, oh, there are other sizes of brides out there. Because that's all gets, that gets shared online on social media. Yeah, like we've made it so normal that it's like invisible. Like I can't even remember the last time I saw a bride who didn't, you know, who who wasn't skinny or like a video or a picture of a bride like that. And like, obviously, I think this is pretty normal in, like, a lot of cultures and brides are really put up to the standard that they have to look like this really specific way. With all that bridal pressure and with all that stress, where's the part where, like, this is happy? <laughs> and if it's arranged, you're, like, scared of what's going to happen after the wedding? was <laughs> like, I'm going to go down a different rabbit hole of terror. <laughs> I have a question for you, Trish. Um... It seems like not only like you're like running this boutique, but you also are like low key life coaching these women that come in. What kind of response are you getting from them when, you know, they, cause I'm sure they just say these things to you like flippantly without even realizing like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm going to go on a crash diet and be able to fit in this. Like, and when you encourage them not to do that and you encourage them to try and feel beautiful the way they are, what kind of responses are you getting? So firstly, I would say, um, Life coach is quite strong. <laughs> thank you, though. Thank you. <laughs> I just I just try and give advice from my point of view, from what I think, from what I can see as an outsider to someone's life, I guess. You know, when I see brides coming in and I see that they're stressed out, I kind of think I was in your shoes once, you know, and not too long ago. And I try, I just try as best as I can. But then also at the same time, 
not everyone wants advice right mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't right. give advice to everybody you can just say you know be positive I try and put across um you know some words of positivity some comfort for them you know encourage them they look great but sometimes sometimes it works sometimes you know you can see them kind of thinking oh you know what actually this does look really good on me and you know I am gonna have something that's fitted well to me and and you can see it kind of registering in their brains but then sometimes you can see that the that the way that they feel about themselves is so deep rooted from when they were so from when they were young even though like you said the comments are flippant which they are you can see that it's something that's been with them for a really long time so it's very hard for them to shake and it I'm the same as well Mm -hmm. um it's something that especially if you have been chubby so to say like from when you were young this is something that you would have been told as an age like South Asian girl from when you were young you know oh look at you you know you're so chubby look at the you know you're plump and yeah you're healthy (laughs) I hate (laughs) that one (laughs) so you internalize that as well Mm -hmm. like you, you you think about this all the time and you just compare yourself to other people so I can see that one group of people it works and another group it won't it's it's something that will take a lot longer and a lot more work for for them to do on themselves to you know work on their self-confidence but I hope that just by you know coming in and talking to someone who's more accepting of of them as they are hopefully that's a small step in the right direction for them and especially because you're also South Asian, right? It's not just someone from outside the culture that maybe like maybe they feel like doesn't understand the pressures or the way they were raised or the challenges they face. Like you're like you said, you've experienced it firsthand yourself. Um, I don't know if you listen to this this podcast, Trish, but D and I did a podcast call to all the aunties that have heard us before. Um, and it was just just an open letter to the aunties who have heard us before and some of the stories you know, unsurprisingly, both Dee and I had a story relating to some random auntie or uncle making unsolicited comments on our weight at a very formative time in our life when we were very young and struggling with our bodies anyway. And it's, you're right, those moments stick with you forever. Was there like a experience, a certain experience, whether you were a child or even when you were like bridal shopping that like really stuck with you? For me, I think it's growing up being compared to you know my cousins or other people in my school and things like that and you kind of look at other people and you think oh I'm not the same as them I'm not like them and then you get comments so my family are so we're originally Indian Punjabi but we are from Malaysia so my parents were born there and um, I go back there a lot and when I was a teenager I would go back there and then I'd get comments saying oh you're looking very chubby plump healthy all those comments literally and then I must have gone there when I was about 14 and within a six week period for some strange reason I think I must have been running around in the heat and the sun and not eating much I I lost a load of weight and I just got these comments like oh you're looking so different and then when I went back to school I got so many comments saying wow Trish oh my god you look amazing and I thought so what did I look like before (laughs) Well, was I that bad before? So it's things like that. It just kind of builds up, builds up over time. And then, you know, going into shops and 
the uncles in the shops like pulling out some sack of an outfit like here you go (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna fit you and you just think oh I wanted that really pretty one over there no this is the one that's gonna fit you so yeah it's things like that just kind of it really gets to you over the years as you're as you're growing up and I do remember one time actually when I was in primary school I guess you guys call it elementary yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um I must have been about eight or nine and for some strange reason god knows why they asked us to take our weight um so they had a weighing scales at the front of the class and each child had to go stand on the weighing scale and write our weight down on the board in front of everybody where was this was this in the uk yes (laughs) that is cruel and unusual punishment what and i'm not even that old (laughs) (laughs) what was this what was this exercise about do you know what i don't know if it was um something where they wanted to actually track our weight for health reasons or whether it was to teach us how to look at scales and measure like the weight and I don't know what it was but it was the most nerve-wracking anxiety-inducing thing I've ever been through in my life I was just like oh my god what as a young child that's the first time I was I was put on the spot in that way where I had to write my weight down on a board and from then I was just paranoid I didn't want to do it I was scared and someone else put their weight on the board and I thought okay I think she's bigger than me in terms of weight so I think okay I should be okay to put my weight because it's going to be less than hers and I, yeah that was the only time I was like oh okay I, I feel okay now because someone else weighs more than me and that as like an eight-year-old child like that kind of thing stays with you I'm 33 now and I still remember that <laughs> yeah, I think you should be suing for emotional distress <laughs> honestly I want to talk about these kind of like compliments we get because they're almost like more harmful because it's like they're so conditional it's like oh I can only be beautiful if I'm skinny initially like when you're not like whatever we think the ideal body weight is people are like calling you plump or chubby or healthy or whatever and then as soon as you lose weight suddenly it's like not about the weight it's like you're beautiful like your skin is glowing you look so great and like like I think that's kind of like is a pretty good testament to like our culture and how everyone feels like we have this like culture of entitlement that anybody can comment on anything especially for women like our bodies are meant to be displayed and commented on and not like criticized right and that ultimately is like so harmful and when I did go to India people were like oh you're so skinny like look at you you're doing so well meanwhile I like was down with like a flu and I couldn't keep any food down I think I think the body you're right the, the body image thing also I think goes both ways it's not just plus size I think it's also you know when someone's slim they can also feel conscious about themselves so I you know a lot of women who feel very conscious about the fact that they're slim you know whether it's you know they think their legs are too skinny their arms are too skinny or whatever it is they get told oh you're really skinny all the time but that's maybe not what they want to hear you know they and people you're right feel like they have a right to say these things to women that you know oh we're just giving her a compliment doesn't every woman want to know that she's skinny well no not really (laughs) not not everyone wants to and that's why like healthy is so like it ticks me off so much because I'm like I'm like the opposite of health right now (laughs) right and to like get complimented on like your ill like being ill is like just immensely harmful and I think the main thing, especially when you're not, like, when you're not skinny, which, like, I was all my life, I was always just, like, 
chubby and a little bigger and then I would wear like loose clothing because I wasn't comfortable like having things stick to my body and like when you're not skinny and suddenly these comments happen you're just like like what was I before like I feel like that kind of resonance of just like like what like did people not look past that before like why was I getting these comments before but now people are like commenting on other things about me yeah it's almost just as bad if if (laughs) It's almost just as annoying if they comment on you, on you now and say, wow, you look amazing. Because you just think no one said anything to me before. <laughs> How did I look? Yeah. <laughs> and like uh, we're talking about compliments, but now let's get into the real criticisms. Like we are so harsh, like the, like strangers, aunties, people at a dinner party and even our parents. Like, we literally say the word like motu or moti is like a, a term of endearment. I think that in quotes because obviously most people don't on the receiving end don't think of it like that like that's our culture moti, so. moti means like fat or f- like fatty essentially like they're the female and male versions of fatty so yeah people will literally be like hey fatty like lovingly apparently <laughs> which is like like you say it in english and it sounds so absurd like you would never do that but in urdu and hindi it's just like so <laughs> normal to do that yeah because in english we'd be like that's bullying like what are you doing right because that's like exactly what comes to me <laughs> <laughs> and here it's like it's like it's like my like parents siblings will like call each other that mm-hmm. or like easily and I'm just like mm. it's yeah it's def- they definitely have a different like experience with that kind of like bluntness and the criticism I feel like it also comes from a place of they they feel like they are being genuinely either concerned or yeah. they're you know they're doing it lovingly but they don't realize that it it's very hurtful you know like oh you should lose weight because of xyz well maybe i've been trying they they don't think about those things um and i think that's a problem that we have in our culture for a lot of different topics for example having children that's that's also a big thing as well that that people have no filter on that kind of thing when are you having kids why aren't you having children you know it's the same kind of thing it's like oh you you put on so much weight but they they oh no but I'm saying it because you know you need to be healthy and you know you're looking a, a bit like this today it's but it's not it's concern but concerned in the wrong way one of the experiences I shared in that podcast we did was I was 13 my mom dragged me to mosque in an outfit that I hated like I already you know when you're 13 and like puberty hits and like sometimes like I was one of those girls that just put on a bunch of weight all of a sudden um, and like just got these like hips and boobs that came out of nowhere and I was like really struggling with my weight because um, I just felt really disproportionate and strange and and then on top of that I'm wearing this suit that I hate and I was wandering around mosque and this like auntie like called me over I was like is I come over here and I wandered over and then she like in front of a group of like in front of a table full of aunties was like is that you have such a beautiful face but it's not gonna matter if you don't watch your weight oh my god it's like bomb dropped <laughs> and I remember and I remember like blinking and then looking around at anyone else like to see if anyone was gonna defend me or be like hey like that was mean and they all just kind of like pleasantly blinked and smiled at me because genuinely they're like yeah honey like you gotta watch yourself like in some weird war and it's, I don't know do they genuinely think that they are saying it out of kindness or is it this weird like it was done to me so I'm gonna pass it on or it's just normal behavior or do we just not even think about it it crushed me and I like wanted to disappear. I like almost cried. And it's just like, I still think about it. And to this day, I see this auntie and my blood pressure just spikes because <laughs> I'm like, wow, like how dare she? 
I like actively would never want my sisters to be around her because I just I like that was so inappropriate, right? But it just was said so like flippantly, such a pleasant tone. I think that phrasing is so interesting. She's like, it's not gonna matter if you don't lose some weight. Our values falling. We're just valued against this like ideal. And every time you don't fit, people are like, oh, let me comment on how dark you are. Let me comment on how overweight you are. Let me comment on this. Let me give you a recipe for putting turmeric and yogurt on your face because clearly you need to be like fairer or like maybe you should go on a cleanse and like it's just like constantly like oh let me help you let me help you let me help you but all you're saying is that like the way that I am now is not okay it's not okay and that's all you're saying over and over again like one of the things that I've noticed is interesting is like when like first for some of my cousins who are like overweight like they get all these comments but like I, I think we've talked before about like you know how like women at home can't even be comfortable in their own skin because it's like hey like you know your uncle is here like wear a dupatta like wear something to cover your chest or like you know like why are you wearing those like skin touching tights or whatever right and it's like constantly you, we can't be comfortable but I my cousins and relatives who like are chubbier and they like have or they'll have like bigger boobs like they get those comments like exponentially more than I do right? they're like the constantly it's like we go outside and it's like put on a dupatta like what are you doing like cover your chest here right and like meanwhile I'm standing next to them not wearing a dupatta and nobody says anything to me and like multiple times I'll I'll call them out and they're like oh but like you know it's because like she's curvier in this way but like like everything is covered like why is this different it's like our bodies exist to be sexualized either like critiqued or sexualized exactly it's like if we have curves if we look too overtly sexual we're seen as dangerous it's like no you you have to cover up because you're too curvy I used to have that kind of not the exact same issue so I never used to get told to cover up but it was more like kind of general perception that because I was bigger chested it, it everything that I was doing was just automatically looking really inappropriate mm. even though it wasn't yeah. um and that was only because of the way that other people were looking at me and perceiving me and I didn't realize it myself you know when you're young you don't think about these things in the same way whereas my cousin's who were more flat-chested, who, who were more slim, they didn't have that same issue because they still looked very young. Whereas I think it's when you develop in that way, you look like you're older. And you're right, it's sexualizing women's bodies when, you know, we're, we're just trying to live our lives. Yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're just trying to, you know, go about our daily routines. But being told to cover up kind of implies that we're doing something wrong when we're not. Yeah, there's also an like, interesting kind of side to it where it's like, like all of this stuff is kind of determined by like this like permanent male gaze that we're constantly trying to like either get them to look away or look towards us or whatever. And like often in these times where it's like wear a dupatta or do this or cover up, like put on a jacket, a scarf, anything like, like and it's often policed by like women, our parents or like our moms, our aunties, yet it's about the male gaze. There can be no men there. And yet like your auntie's telling you to put on the dupatta, right? So like we can't even in the presence of just other women like escape that like sexualization that comes with this gaze that like we're just, we're just internalized into how we perceive ourselves and how we see our own bodies and then the thing that comes out of it is that like our whole relationship with our bodies becomes so fraught with like shame and this constant sexualization and then like to us like we don't see our body sexually at all like we're just like there's these little lumps moving around like we're just they're taking us where we need to go our lily lady lumps exactly <laughs> chicken 
out. <laughs> I don't know why I said lumps, but you, you know what I mean. Like, okay, let's. Boobs are just balls of fat, right? They're kind of gross. They're just fat. Like I said that to me once, and I was like, I thought these were special. Like, I was so <laughs> like, like to us, like they're just like inconvenient. It's annoying if I like yeah. if you look down, you can't see your belly button. Why not? Like, I want to see that. <laughs> and those <it>, back problems. <laughs> Right, like they're they're mostly inconvenient, right? except for the purpose that they actually serve. And it's just like suddenly you're like like at a such a young age, suddenly going like, oh, I can't show my boobs, or I can't show this, or I can't show my butt, or, or like you know, like or I'm too big, or I'm too small, and all these things. And so, like you're like getting that almost like training from such a young age, to, like not see yourself outside of that. And now like we're all adults, and we have like these weird, complicated, like problematic relationships with our bodies because we've been taught this at a young age. For me, like, it's interesting that you said that, Trish, like, for you was, like, if you were dressed a certain way, it wasn't about covering up, but you were, like, automatically perceived as something. Um, For someone that was raised in a very, like, strict Muslim household, my, like, ability to cover up was directly correlated to, like, my piousness and my relationship with with God. So it was, like, I was constantly just, like, it was, I would struggle because I was, like, a curvier girl. Like, I, like, you know, like, had bigger breasts, bigger hips, and I really struggled with that because my mom was a very slender, tall woman. And I had kind of been expecting to come up with that body shape and then boom, puberty hit. Um, And I honestly have gotten to a place where I'm very happy with my body, but I was really struggling as a teenager. And my mom constantly was just like, why is that skirt hugging your like butt? Like your butt's hanging out. Like your hips are showing, like your boob, like the shape. And it just was like so tiring because it's like, unless I'm literally wearing like a burlap sack, like I, these are like prominent parts of my body and I'm very aware of them because I already struggle with it. And so constantly pointing that out and making me feel like it makes me a bad person or a bad Muslim because, and I would just get so frustrated. Like, why did God give me these if I have to work hard to cover them up? But it just was like, (laughs) constant because it's like I know that I'm like hippie mom like you don't have to point it out constantly like I know that I'm trying to cover it up if you know like you're trying to cover me up for piousness I'm just trying to cover up because I'm ashamed of my body and it was this like vicious circle of just like this weird like mentality was forming of like okay so not now not only am I unhappy with my body and people are commenting on it but now apparently it makes me lesser in the eyes of God because I have a harder time covering it up and like you know, like my boobs are always kind of sticking out, but I guess a girl that's flatter can wear the same thing and still be considered more pious and get away with it. It just was like this really weird warped way of like growing up where we're like, where our relationship with our bodies isn't just our relationship with our bodies. It's so much more. And then just like seeps in. And I like have to, I have two younger sisters and I like realized one day I was like standing up in the mirror and was like, oh, like I feel fat in this. And then realized my like 12 year old sister was watching me and I felt like garbage about myself because I was like, great, I just fed into it. Yeah, that's what we pass on to them, isn't it? To to the younger generations. It's like we pass on to them our, our own insecurities and things we don't like about ourselves. And I, I think also I feel like some of the reason why women in our community and our families tell us to cover up is because they may have experienced in the past negative interactions with men in the past because of their bodies and because of the way that they look so it could also be to maybe playing devil's advocate for you mm-hmm. <laughs> it could also be a case of them not wanting you to go through the same thing as well um yeah which it's it's not ideal because it shouldn't be happening anyway mm-hmm. men shouldn't be doing those kinds of things and looking in those kinds of ways but unfortunately it does happen um 
And it also, unfortunately, it's worse for girls who develop earlier and more, you know, like who are more curvy. And it's just sad for them because they, they don't have a choice right. about their bodies. And, you know, you're just getting used to your body and suddenly you're being told what you're growing naturally is wrong. That's actually a really good point. Like I've had conversations with my mom where she's just like, oh, you guys are so soft. Like when I was growing up back in Calcutta, like you, you like, you'd like walk down the street and men would eye you and like make comments and I cat call. And like, and if you're on the tram or on the bus, like you're like, you know, it's like somebody might like inappropriately touch you. And so you have to get used to like, you know, oh telling them off, like yelling at them. And I was like, what the, uh, <laughs> like, what Jesus. was your childhood? <laughs> and so she was like, this is like when I went to university, she was like when I went to university, when I went to college, like you had to like, you had to like fend these people off constantly. And she was like, I didn't even try to like dress to like impress or anything. I was like just wearing my regular like shalwar kameez and just like going about my day. And it's just a norm. And when I went to India, like, I know like people look at you all the time especially just like fan yeah. on the street constantly it's like um that experience is like pretty common just like they just feel entitled to just like stare at you yeah. in like a really aggressive it's way it's your job to cover up not their job to look away yeah even if you are covered up like no matter what you're doing like like you're gonna get stared at and that was like one portion of it and I was like this is really uncomfortable when I was there and I'm almost like this is nothing <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kagura is like so like the population is like huge right it's like bigger than New York like it's crazy populated so it makes sense there's always people everywhere but like I think like that kind of kind of evidentiary of your point that like maybe some of the comments that she's saying is just to protect us from these this kind of harassment that she grew up with that was normal for her and maybe lots of other parents other women that like that like you know we all know and like it's their way of protecting us but Obviously, it could be done better. Yes. <laughs> That's the whole point yeah. of this podcast. Growing up, my mom would always be like, is that I trust you? I don't trust society. Oh and that God. was her, like, line on me constantly. <laughs> and I just was like, but you're, you are society. Like, you are feeding into the problem. But that's what you're saying Dia, is that like we keep catering to those like shitty parts of society and like feeding into it at the like because we're apparently trying to like protect ourselves or protect our daughters instead of like addressing society or and trying to make a change and obviously that's going to be a slower change so I understand why parents feel like I'm just going to focus on my kid and like help them be defensive versus like going on the offense against the society but it really is like it's high time for change because we are just like generations and generations of like trauma-ridden women running around. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah, for women, but like you have sons too, like teach your son. Yeah. Like how not to stare and glare and make women uncomfortable, right? I think it's a generation, it's- generation by generation thing. I think it's one of those things where now we will teach our sons how to act and how not to act. And then slowly it is going to be a slow change, but hopefully slowly we'll have a much smaller minority of men who do these kinds of things. And women too. And women. Yeah. Women are just as bad as men sometimes in terms of, in terms of criticizing other women's bodies. Like there's been countless parties I've been to weddings, receptions where I've sat at tables where other women have watched people walking in through the doors going oh my god what is she wearing why does she look like that Mm -hmm. who does she think she is oh my god have you seen her makeup you know just constantly like a running commentary of everybody at that function and it just wears you down and I think do you not have a life like this is what people this is what Mm -hmm. people do and sometimes we're our own worst enemies like women are 
just as bad. Yeah, I've definitely got my worst comments from women, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think like with all like the ways that we've been growing up, being pleased by our aunts or uncles or, you know, everybody in our family, basically, like we've grown out and become adults with these kinds of experiences of like being shamed or sexualized or not feeling comfortable in our bodies, especially when they've changed. I think like I know myself, like as a personal experience, like when people comment on my body, I get defensive. I think they're like attacking me because I'm so used to like criticism or just like something that even if it's a compliment is clearly it's a comment on my weight. Either it's like you've lost weight, you've gained weight. Like you can kind of boil down most of these comments to one of those things, right? You look healthy. Oh, you've lost weight. Oh, your skin is glowing. Oh, you lost weight. Like mm-hmm. everything. It's like you lost weight or you gained weight. It's like, oh, like this. Oh, you look kind of dull. It's just like tired. Oh my God, I can't be tired. But it's... <laughs> you got some trauma there, Dia, we can tell. <laughs> Dude, these dark circles, man, they're for life. Raccoonies. <laughs> okay, so... Same. <laughs> anyway... Um, like in Western culture, like the ones that we're growing up in, it's not that like uncommon. Like obviously you get catcalling and these kind of like criticisms and like really rude Karens and stuff like talking about your body, but you often get like compliments on like, hey, you look really great today. Or so you, get, you get like these positive compliments like about your body. Like, and like my like small peanut brain is like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, it's like, why are you looking at me? First of all. <laughs> and so like whenever it's a comment about my body and not like maybe my personality or like my jewelry or my clothes like those things just kind of I immediately get on edge because I'm used to like those kinds of they're always have like some underlying thing that's mm-hmm. some comment on my weight or my skin color or like and so like it's hard to like take those compliments and like kind of change them so I'm really curious and I know like it's like you said you're feeling comfortable with it and, and Trish you're like working with these women like how do you feel about those compliments now like how have you guys kind of like adjusted and become a little more <laughs> open <laughs> <laughs> to taking them without being like whoa 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 <laughs> no <laughs> just x hands immediately <laughs> yeah you're always wondering what's their intention behind it and I used to be like that as well and I, for a long time I was I was much better at it so, so if someone would say something to me I'd accept the compliment thank you and I'd be really confident about myself and my own body um but since I gave birth which is six months ago now I'm so much more paranoid and much more sensitive about it so even if my husband compliments me like oh you look really nice the first thing I say oh my god I look fat today I look horrible (laughs) it's just like over dramatic reactions and poor guy he's just like oh I thought you looked really nice but okay (laughs) I don't know what to say to you anymore he must be really scared (laughs) thinking what (laughs) he's a shaking in a corner. He's like, should, should I say a big bean? Like, will she respond better? <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 I'm on a bit of an up and down. And I think it's like that for a lot of women throughout their lives. I think depending on the life stage that you're going through, I think as a teenager, you're very sensitive about your body. And I feel like as you get older, you get used to it and you grow into it you know mentally you you grow into what you look like and you start owning it and then it, anything could happen to you you could fall ill you could get pregnant you anything could happen in your life and you can go back to square one again and become sensitive about it and you know it's it's just an up and down but i think we just have to remind ourselves that our bodies are amazing you know what we can do we can we can produce life <laughs> we can give birth yeah. you know look the amazing things that we can do with our bodies we just have to remind ourselves of that as long as we're healthy that's the main thing yeah I'm gonna do my little L&D nurse plug here Trish because like you talking about 
like having had a baby you're, you're so right but that's such a hard time like you're like trying to like s- s- provide sustenance for this little creature that you just pushed out but and you're dealing with all these hormone fluctuations and then you have all these like outside pressures from whether it's aunties or social media but it's so sad because you're right like women's bodies are capable of so much and as a labor and delivery nurse I get to witness that every day but it's like it's almost that it's like almost this like flip because one minute your belly is carrying your baby and it's this beautiful, amazing belly and everyone wants to touch it and there's life within it and you're holding it and you love it so much. And then you push out this baby and I get these women up to the shower and they look down at their belly and now they look down at their belly with disdain and it's like, oh, like my belly's still there. We're so hard on ourselves and it's almost like it's just like this is the same body that I was 10 minutes ago that just pushed out a baby and it was a beautiful life sustaining thing a minute ago. But now the baby's out and now it's like this like immediate pressure to like, I got to get back to like whatever myself is. And it's it's so sad that we don't, we live in a society that we don't celebrate women's bodies for as we should, for what they're capable of and how, you know, like you do this amazing thing and then it's immediately back to the societal pressures. Um, So I'm sorry you're feeling that way. Being a new mom is so hard and you're like running a business and you're so cool. Thank you. I hope, I hope. I hope, yeah, you can continue to be kind to yourself, and I hope your husband keeps complimenting you, even though you are not taking it well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn how to take. I'll learn how to take a compliment better. I think. <laughs> I, I do the same thing because I'm like, if I say something negative about myself first, no one else can say That's it. So do you know what I mean? True, like, yeah. I, if I hurt myself yes, first, like yeah. if I just like if I just say it, then like I don't care what you think because I know it before you do. But we, Dia and I did an episode on like mental health and like this negative self-talk, our brain, our like these messages that we hear over and over again, they become a part of our actual beliefs. Yeah, and that's like exactly how that kind of talk and th- that like that male gaze gets internalized from like, wh- you know, whoever traumatized my mom to, to her policing me. And now it's you policing yourself constantly, right? To be like, oh, but like I like like I I can call myself all these things because people are probably already thinking them, and then you've already sort of set yourself up on the wrong foot to have a healthy relationship with your body. Exactly, it puts a negative image in other people's heads of you as well. Because I don't know if you notice when you have those really really confident people or those women who are like, I look amazing, I look great, and they you know they're confident about themselves and they can talk about themselves. Your image of them in your head switches and you think oh maybe they are like Mm -hmm. beautiful and amazing I didn't think that before but now they're talking about it I think they are I think that's kind of the way I'm trying to move forward with my own body because I'm a lot harsher with myself than I am with other people so I try to like view myself the way I view other people because I often will see someone wearing a pair of shorts and even if they're a little bit like heavy I'm like oh my god that she looks so good in those or that outfit looks super cute like I could never pull it off and because we're just so much kinder to strangers than we are to ourselves and also on some degree like if I'm like struggling to like oh my god what do I look like I just have to remember that like aside from the annoying brown aunties people don't really give a flying f about what you look like they're just too busy living their own lives for the most part so it's it really is about like what you're bringing to the table and if I you're absolutely right if you are bringing that kind of energy people are gonna like focus on that versus if you go in guns blazing and you just feel good about yourself like you're absolutely right. I, I, I have come across those people and I'm always like, almost like stunned by it because I'm just like, where's all this? Co-? Like, not that they shouldn't have confidence, but I'm like, how do people like walk into a room with so much confidence? But it is, it's so key to having like 
a positive relationship with yourself. Um, Dee and I love Mindy Kaling, and she like she talks about this on like an interview once. She's like, people are always like, "Wow, you're so self confident," and they like meet it as like a compliment, but it's really insulting because they're basically basically insinuating that she doesn't fit the criteria for having self confidence. But somehow she does, and how does she do it? Exactly, it's like when someone does a nude photo shoot, for example, like a tasteful nude photo shoot, and they're plus size. You, I think I don't know who was it made a joke about this, but um people say oh you're so brave oh my god (laughs) whereas if they're not plus size they're like wow you look stunning Mm -hmm. you look amazing but if you're plus size you're brave for doing it yeah right yeah it's all these little things we do without even realizing it that's just it it's like the compliments and the criticisms just go hand in hand and the worst thing is that we're trained to like hear the truth just because we've heard it so many times and you can't even say you're brave and like take it and you're like oh of course I'm brave because now I'm gonna get all these like a barrage of Mm -hmm. negative comments as well right and so I should prepare myself for them and so like there's so much of just women also like hurting each other even with comments that we think Mm -hmm. are like positive and reinforcing and supportive and at your um, boutique like have you seen a lot of like when we talk about this negative self-talk and then often like these women are coming with like family members or like parents or siblings, I assume. So like, do you see that? Like, like, I feel like you're often a voice of reason, but like, do you see that like this kind of talk is then reinforced by these family members or like these women are criticizing themselves a lot more than their family members are like, what, what do you, what do you see as like a pretty normal kind of way exchange? I see it sometimes as a, as a bit of a mix. So sometimes I see, girls coming in with their mums and their mums are really supportive of them their mums are supportive of you know the, what they want to wear the way they want to look and things like that but sometimes I see girls who come in with their mums or their aunties or you know another other family members who are a bit more negative and they're a bit more they're more against certain types of outfits and they're quite blunt about it as well no that's not going to suit you that that won't look good I don't think you should wear that you know because you're a bit big here you should wear something like this because you you know you've got big hips so don't wear that it's not good you know very very blunt um and I feel like these girls a lot of them have had this for many many years because it doesn't seem to face them anymore I think it's quite normal for them um and in those kind of situations it's kind of hard for me to say anything because obviously that's their family dynamic Mm. (laughs) that's the way they 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 are together but the only thing I can do is just kind of say you know you'll you'll look beautiful in this this is the kind of thing I think would suit you you know this is the way you should just just saying saying things in more of a positive way but yeah I, I see a mix I see I do see a mix of different types of people different dynamics and the main thing that I see are a lot of girls who come in who they themselves just don't like how they look and they're very negative about a lot of things I don't wear this I don't wear this color I only wear dark colors I only wear baggy clothes you know this is the kind of thing I want and so it's it's a lot of work to try and get them around to try different things because once you try different things and you realize actually yes these pastels do suit me or I can wear a lingo with a blouse, I just have to do it a bit differently, you know. I think sometimes it just takes an outside person who's not part of your family or your small society group who who are being negative towards you. It just takes that outside person to be positive and show you a different way for you to sort of see yourself in, in a different light. Like I've had comments my mom has made to me that I'm like, oh, I guess this is the case or 
where you just go like, oh, like you don't look that good in this. And I'm like, okay, I guess I don't look good in this, right? And like when you're describing that person who's like, oh, I only wear baggy clothes and I don't wear red. That's like, I'm just like, wow, that was like literally me circa 2010. <laughs> <laughs> like we close so many doors when we, when we, when I go out with like friends who aren't brown, it's like, if you say something negative about yourself, it's like almost required that you, like that they, or like if somebody else says that, you go like, hey, no, of course you're gorgeous, you're beautiful. Like that's the kind of like, you know, what, what, we're kind of growing up in this culture where like we need to give positive reinforcement to other women in our life. And, but like with your family, it's like it's, your mom has something negative to you and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll try something else. Because how do you come back from that? It's just a constant cycle. Exactly, right? Like, how do you say, no, mom, I actually look great. Like who has the confidence, you know, like once someone says that, that outfit's like immediately <laughs> ruined for you. Yeah. Which is again, which is why it's so strange that we just are so flippant about these comments. Trisha, I'm curious, you said that the average size is a size 14 in the UK, but a lot of stores don't carry that. What like what is the average size that a lot of stores were carrying, you found? In a lot of stores that do bridal outfits, mm-hmm. the bridal outfits are usually a size 8 to 10. Mm-hmm. So that's a full two sizes at least smaller than the UK average. Crazy. And I think the UK average is closer to a 16 now. They really don't cater for the average woman in the UK at all. Um, and a lot of these places have don't have private changing rooms. Um, so they have private cubicles. But to actually show the outfit to your friends and family, you have to come out into the open, into the shop. Other people can see you trying on these outfits that are two sizes too small, which are obviously not going to look good. And yeah, it's, it's just a traumatic experience, really. I mean, imagine trying to squeeze yourself into something. You've got scratches all over you mm-hmm. from trying on these really heavy outfits. And then you've got to show a shop full of about 20, 30 people what you look like and have everyone looking at you, judging you. So yeah, it shops here, a lot of them, especially for bridal sizes, they don't cater for brides. And you, unless you're trying on an outfit that fits you in in a better way, you're never going to know if it's going to suit you. And they expect you to buy something based on that. You know, they expect, expect you to get a custom outfit based on a sample size that doesn't even fit. Like, how is that okay? Like, <laughs> you have samples for a reason because brides want to try things on, but suddenly because a woman's like plus size, she doesn't get the same kind of care or customer service you don't get the same treatment so when I was shopping for bridal outfits that was only in 2017 and 2018 literally you walk into the shops and they don't really want to know and I would see this happening in so many of these shops I would walk in they wouldn't really bother someone else would walk in behind me who is a you know much slimmer petite a potential bride and they would just fall over themselves for her like oh you know what would you like we'll help you with this we'll help you with that so that kind of thing that kind of attitude just makes you think well this there's clearly an issue here um and it's clearly something that's across the Asian community and especially in these kinds of shops because I think also it's one of those perceptions of if this person buys from me and they then I can share their pictures on my social media or our you know on our website it's going to look better if she's not a plus size I to me that is the perception that I get is that this is this will look better for us as a brand if they fit into this kind of overall look and it's the same with photo shoots as well so when they get photo shoots with models um for magazines or for the websites it's the same kind of models and you'll see the same set of models used 
for so many different boutiques across <laughs> across the UK. These models are just the same ones, this same tall, fair, skinny models. And you don't get a mix. You don't get a mix of deeper skin tones. You don't get a mix of plus sizes, um, short, shorter brides, taller. You don't. It's It's just not there. And I think that's what they don't want is to see different different shapes of brides, you know. I'm looking at your Instagram page right now and you've done such a good job of having like such a wonderful mix of like women of all sizes. Thank you. It's, it's so nice because like it's like you it's you can actually look at the page and be like, okay, this is what I could potentially look like versus okay, like what would this Langa that's on like a size zero chick look like on me with a completely different body shape, right? So it's it's so nice to be able to look at a model and be like, okay, like this is what I could look like and feel like, okay, she looks gorgeous and I could too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to show. And I'm planning to use a lot more plus size models, models who look like real women mm. <laughs> who have real, you know, skin tones and all different shapes and sizes and ages as well, because that's another thing. Like, you know, the age for getting married, that's a really high pressure thing for girls in our community. But, you know, you there shouldn't be an age limit. You, you, women can be on their second marriages. Yeah. You know, they could be 40 years old. Does it matter? They can still dress up. Yeah. So I'm planning on getting a lot more diversity in my campaigns wow. and on my pages as well. Yeah, that's really awesome. I think like you said you do like private consultations and that's definitely that's definitely helpful when you're not comfortable just standing in front of 30 people and those kinds of things. And like there's a lot of things I think like just in general, like plus size women have are pretty uncomfortable shopping in most places that aren't because like I, like like most places like not even like even if you're shopping for day-to-day clothes it's like you got to step out and to look at yourself in the mirror right and then suddenly you're in front of everybody those kind of experiences are like usually pretty terrible so like like I think it's really cool that you've done like private consultations like are there any other kinds of like adjustments you've made like there's some in the Instagram and stuff to like make that whole shopping experience like more comfortable for women of different body types and different from like the norm yeah, so the whole thing is a one-to-one, like you said, private. It's a private experience. That's the main thing about it. So you have, you know, you can take your time, sit down, have a drink, get treated like you are special because you are, and everyone should be treated that way, when, especially when you're getting your bridal outfit. I mean, how can you have, I guess, we like Western brides, how can you have Western brides and their outfits when you go to your fitting for a white wedding dress you have champagne you have you know lovely like in you know interior decoration there you have massive changing rooms and you know you get treated amazingly why don't we get that experience for Asian outfits why is it such a rush why is it a tiny changing room so I want to change that I will go through it with you step by step every step of the way you know share the designs with you um, talk you through the embroidery exactly what's going to be happening And that takes up a lot of time. That's my time. So I don't take on loads and loads of rides. So you can have that one-to-one experience um, and have that luxury experience, you know. And I think that's that's one thing that's missing because a lot of the shops kind of mass produce these outfits and, you know, it's like a factory line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a factory line of outfits and things can get missed out and, you know, you don't have that personal touch. So I, I think that's very, very much needed. And Another thing as well is the non-judgmental side of it. So, you know, I know I know where these brides have been. I've been in their shoes before and I know what it's like 
for them. So there's basically no judgment here. <laughs> I love that. T- tell us how you came up with the name of your brand, Shirney London. Right. So Shirney means lioness in Punjabi, so a female lion. Um, and what I wanted to represent was the strength that I see inside every single woman that I see um, day to day. And I think that women, especially Asian women, we go through so much. You know, we have so many, we have so many issues in our community, in our, you know, within our families, for ourselves. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> we are so tired. That's what we've been trying to say this whole time. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's so hard. So I think that, you know, within each one of us, we have the power and the strength. You know, there is a shiny inside every single one of us. And what I want to do with these outfits is to make women feel amazing, make women feel comfortable and confident and feel strong inside themselves. Because I think if you have the right outfit, I know some people might think that having the right outfit, okay, yeah, that's good. You're going to look nice and that's it. But no, it's not just that. For women, especially for Asian women, finding the right Asian outfit makes them feel amazing and makes you feel confident and makes you feel your best self <laughs> and so I want to bring that out in women and that's why I called it Shani London so women, women can have that strength and you know feel fierce I love that I love that love that that's <laughs> like what Dio was talking about like you just feel like such a like yeah like you put on a suit and it's just like and you put on some like bindis and some jewelry and you just like like you just feel transformed You're like I'm Princess Jasmine over here yes exactly you feel powerful and we can look amazing and we I don't think we give ourselves enough credit I really don't yeah I think I think we all deserve to feel like like fierce and lioness and comfortable in these like powerful clothes that we have and feel in touch with like the culture that we've had I think all our relationship with them is just so sacred and empowering I love that your boutique just kind of reinforces that power that you get from just wearing something that just makes you beautiful and makes you feel confident in yourself thank you I appreciate it <laughs> I'm just honestly I'm just out here like okay guys like we think COVID's over and went me to a wedding I want to put on a lenga yeah now I want to go t- <laughs> let's have these receptions you promised me <laughs> I love that you like you're part of this big change towards like inclusiveness and diversity, especially in like these kind of wedding clothes. And beyond that, we're just hopefully raising a generation of girls that don't take shit. Essentially, I like a hundred percent. Trish, where can people find you on Instagram or elsewhere? You can follow me on Instagram. It's Shirni London, S H E R N I London, and that's London in the UK, not, <laughs> not, not in Ontario. <laughs> Yeah, so you can find me on Shaney London on Instagram and online www.shaneylondon.com. And if you'd like an appointment or if you just want to have a chat, <laughs> say hi, then just drop me a message um, on the website or on Instagram. Perfect. So we'll be linking both of those, that Instagram handle and that website in the description of this podcast. Uh, Trish, Thank you so much for making time in your very busy schedule with your baby and your shop and the time zones to speak to us. We're so grateful that you reached out. Um, and again, this whole podcast, when we started it, we wanted to build a community of like really awesome, powerful South Asian women that 
love and support each other. And we just feel like we're starting to like find these really amazing women. And so thank you for being a part of that community. We super appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited. I was so excited to be on this. So thank you so much for having me. And I loved it.